Hi, this is Russ. We're doing uh, session five right now for the course Confronting the Powers. Great to be with you again, and uh, we pray that the sessions are getting to you okay. Uh, we are seeking that God will bless you in every single uh, session that you uh, go over, that He'll speak to your heart. Listen, let's take time right now to pray. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name that uh, you're teaching us and leading us and guiding us, and I pray that. Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will have His way uh, in our lives right now, that uh, this is a strategic time for us and a very important time for every student. We thank you for the divine providence and uh, divine appointment we each have as we come to study uh, and look into the Word of God. And I just pray again, Lord Jesus, that you just protect every single student. And uh, the one listening right now, God, I ask you right now to just uh, grip them by the Spirit of God, encourage them by the Spirit of the Lord, and, uh, and by the Word of God, and uh, that you'll encourage them to be a witness of yours and of your greatness and what you've done in their lives, what you're doing, and uh, then flow through their work, life, and words, and uh, let them be a great uh, servant of yours. So, Lord, I just uh, commit them to you and commit this session five uh, before you for uh, their blessing and our growth together in the Lord. Well, again, I uh, am very encouraged by all of the uh, comments that students are sending in and uh, appreciate those. Uh, the Sunday night class has been going well, although we are behind the times because there is so much discussion, so much uh, uh, discussion during that time that uh, we just don't get done with everything. And so we're a little bit behind, and I apologize for that. But uh, we want to get you the most uh, and the best along the way. So let's just take a look. If you're on page 18 in Session 5, uh, we are dealing with the one on... Um, well, literally just uh, confronting the uh, uh, the satanic strategy that it's by design that uh, what we're seeing happen around us is not by an accident. Um, the world that we're looking at right now is uh, is um, is being shaped, is being forged, and behind the scenes, all of it comes uh, from spiritual shaping and direction. One from the satanic side, the other from the side of the God that we love and we know uh, will bring all things to a, a conclusion when Jesus returns visibly. Well, let's take a look at page 18 because at the beginning or at the top of it, it says this, It will be no accident that the world will spiral down to mass confusion and chaos, only to be taken control of by a new world order and a leader. There is no new world order without that leader arising, and there is no uh, leader without the whole order. Uh, the two go hand in hand. And uh, we need to take a look at both as we are approaching those days. Here is two of the key premises of this uh, session. Number one, it's all by design. You know, all the evil we're talking about, all the ramping up that we're talking about, all that's going on around us, it is all by design. Uh, there is an intelligence in the sense that there is methodology, that there is uh, planning. Uh, literally, we're going to be taking a look into, from the next uh, four or five sessions, a lot of the playbook of the enemy. God has given us a breaking in uh, to the actual uh, occurrences, the very things that Satan will be doing that will manifest on the face of the earth. God has given us uh, um, an insight into his playbook. So Satan does have a playbook. Um, so to speak, and uh, the, in that playbook is his design, 
and uh, what he's planning and the stages of it. It's systematic. Uh, it's um, it's uh, putting forth his stuff and then the battle that comes and then he has to redo things. But he has an ultimate goal. Just as we understand as believers, there's an ultimate goal of Jesus returning and uh, taking up the saints and us seeing the Lord Jesus. This is the ultimate goal of our salvation, the glorification of our bodies. And it's an exciting thing in 1 Corinthians 15, or you read it in numerous other scriptures concerning the second coming of Christ and the end of the age. Now, listen, even as God has specific and... uh, um, very um, powerful events that will occur prior to the time of his uh, visible return. We also can see by, again, the Word of God that Satan also has specific and uh, visible events that will occur. Uh, He has um, a strategy. He has a a methodology. As we read even in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, that we're not unaware of his schemes. Now, the schemes... Or the Greek word there, methodology, it, it it's all about what he is planning. Again, we're talking about a, a a playbook. If you're a football coach, you have a major playbook of all of the things you you're wanting to do. One thing, win the game, and you're using every single thing you have in the arsenal of your playbook, the best plays, the best strategy, the best things uh, to be able to win. And we need to understand that's exactly how Satan is is working uh, his plot in the world around us. Well, it's all by design, uh, a mad design, even as the Nazi, uh, even as the Nazi Party rose, and the uh, political ideology was developed, and the laws were developed, and the military was developed. Everything was uh, in the playbook, and it came to be, and it affected millions, and uh, brought the world into what was considered the Second World War. It was done by design. Evil design, of course. But there's intelligence in the sense of evil intelligence behind the strategy of bringing your life down. Just like there was in Job's life. Satan had a strategy about bringing his life down. The ultimate goal was to get him to curse God and die. He had a goal in that. And uh, the enemy will always have a goal in a a personal uh, level, uh, in a family line. Uh, in a nation, a city, uh, that's 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 what he's all about. Uh, second premise of this entire study is this: that it's all foretold. It's all foretold. That God has given us pinpoint, accurate um, uh, insight and revelation. Uh, to the most important developments that Satan is bringing about. Now listen, on my side, we've been doing this for over 25 years, kind of uh, counter-infiltrating uh, the uh, the dark side as best we can without any involvement uh, or compromise. That includes the Odu Templi Orientis, the OTO. Uh, that includes the uh, the Masons to a degree. That includes uh, some of the other groups that uh, will be in the book coming down the road that uh, we've decided to go into their camp, like the spies of Israel of the Old Testament, to go into the camp and to report what we see and declare the Lord's victory, of course, but also as watchmen to tell the world. But uh, what we do see as we have uh, uh, gathered information is that uh, Satan is moving along his plans. Satan is also developing his work. And God has given us the pinpoint accuracy. So let me say it this way. You and I as believers, we have the VIP, the very important prophecies. 
the most important prophecies referring to the to the the scope uh, the method the development and the goals of the satanic empire we have right now um, strategic uh, glimpses in biblical prophecy and we are told specifically the panoramic view uh, obviously in in second Thessalonians chapter 2 in the rise of the man of lawlessness the secret power of lawlessness is already at work and there will be there will come uh, in this rise of the uh, lawless one the Antichrist uh, will be in accordance in accordance with the work of Satan now the word intergase or work there means a a supernatural operative power that's that's operating in the world. A supernatural operative power uh, is the translation of that word work. It's word word that same word is used in, in in Philippians about it is God who works in you. Uh, it's the same word. God is operating supernaturally in your life. Uh, there is a supernatural operative power in your life, and that is God. And God is working in you, and His providence is working around you for the good, and uh, using uh, your life to bring about ministry and fruit. Well, Satan also has his supernatural operative power that he is unleashing in his servants and uh, seeking to accomplish his goal. But God has foretold. And the prophecies of the New Testament uh, give us the glimpses into what I believe now is the most strategic uh, manifestations. Because uh, there will be many things that Satan will do. When you get to the book of Revelation, chapter 18, you're going to see where it talks about how Babylon, as a worldwide uh, 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 satanic grip, uh, is... Is the location of every demonic presence. It's infested, like old, uh, limited Babylon in the Old Testament days. That it will be the mo- the the highest manifestation of demonic presence, demonic uh, idols, demonic objects of uh, with that are charged or have attachment, uh, the demonic words, demonic supernatural happenings, and so the Word of God prophesies all this, and so it's all foretold. It's all foretold, this ramping up of the end times uh, work of the enemy. So on page 18 of your notes, let's continue. Under A, the future is designed uh, by or in the past. And uh, so we can see right now that God has already given, all the way back to the book of Daniel, revelations. And uh, not only, uh, let me first speak about how the Ancient of Days will take his seat and uh, the judge, you know, he's going to stand to judge uh, and to deal with the little horn and Antichrist and that system, and the satanic powers. So we have this picture in Isaiah, in Jeremiah, uh, you know, through Daniel, into the New Testament, God's agenda. He's breaking in. Now listen, this is God's agenda. God's agenda is all about redemption and restoration. God's, God's agenda is about salvation and changing lives, and healing lives, and restoring lives. So we as believers need to know what our mission is all about, what God's agenda is all about. In the Old Testament, it was limited. It, God was operating and building Israel, and eventually bringing about the Word of God and the plans um, concerning the arrival of Messiah. And when Messiah would come, the kingdom would break in as never before since the fall of the human race. And Jesus would begin to unload. And as a matter of fact, someone has written that Jesus did more miracle signs and wonders in three years than all of the Old Testament signs, wonders, and miracles put together. That's pretty amazing. He literally exploded the scene 
and manifested the kingdom of God. And so he had power over sin, power over nature, power and authority uh, over sickness and disease, power and authority over the demonic. He literally unleashed his kingdom, showing that the kingdom of God was uh, as it is, the basileia, the rule of God's realm, the rule of God's uh, presence. And it overtook everything as Jesus extended it. Now you and I are born into that kingdom, and uh, you and I are now um, unleashing that kingdom too in our prayers, and our witness, in our praise and worship, in the things that we do for the glory of the Lord. Uh, we too then are um, preaching about the kingdom, the rule and reign of God that brings salvation and healing and deliverance in the coming kingdom in the ultimate visible return of Jesus. So that's God's agenda in a nutshell, and uh, we know a lot about that. But I think what the uh, church has been blinded about for 30, 40 years is Satan's agenda. And uh, somewhat like the frog in the kettle that they talk about, you know, where they the idea of putting the frog in cool water and then slowly turning up the heat, and little by little by little, the, the water's getting warmer and warmer to the point that the, the frog doesn't even know he's being cooked. Well, that's how it's been over the last 30, 40 years, maybe. The world around us, and in the United States and England, uh, there has been this sense of uh, of the culture being the frog in the kettle, and Satan was uh, slowly uh, turning up the heat and uh, literally bringing about his work. But now we're going to see that it's it's no longer the frog in the kettle. It's dramatic event after event after event because of the strongholds uh, that he has unleashed with uh, Allah, the demon territorial god of the Middle East, and the agenda that uh, Allah will play in in gathering uh, millions to fight uh, and join the um, join the uh, the Antichrist in in Europe uh, in their battle against the Jews and against Christendom in setting up Antichrist or uh, Satan's counterfeit incarnation. Now, the second side of this is Satan's agenda. And um, it is also a, a future that has been designed or spoken of in the past. His uh, agenda has always been to lie, to steal, to kill. When Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, he was giving the very core. Every time you look at a verse, a word that Jesus gave, he always gave, in a nutshell, the core and most important things we need to know about Satan. Listen, there's, there's nothing else uh, that's more important to know about him than what we've already seen revealed by Jesus. As a matter of fact, if we really understand the, in biblical theology, systematic revelation of Satan, his nature, his names, his works, his agenda, when we take a look at all of that in Scripture, then we look out into the world. Then we look out and see what's happening. Then we begin to read some of the materials uh, that uh, the New Age is putting out and, and that the Luciferians are putting out. and that we're, we're seeing some. We can begin to say, like Peter did on the day of Pentecost, this is that which was spoken of. We should know the Word of God that well, that when we uh, know from the Word of God what Satan is like, what he's all about, we should be able to detect his methods, his workings against us, and be able to say, hey, this is that which the Word of God reveals, which Jesus spoke about, and again and again and again, 
We uh, will be at the front of the uh, battle. We will be at the front of the game. Uh, and we will understand that not only God's uh, playbook in the sense of what he will do and will accomplish uh, and ultimately win with, as he did in every case. We mentioned that in session four about the triumph of, the, of God in the church. And we mentioned that also, I believe, in Revelation uh, 12, where the dragon, in the full force of his attack against the Son of God, against Israel, against the church, that he uh, ultimately loses, he never annihilates. He, he attempts, but he does not annihilate Christ, the Messiah. He does not annihilate Israel. Uh, he does not annihilate the church. And he loses uh, but he does create uh, damage along the way, especially for those who um, join his will and are captive, uh, taken captive to do his will, as the scripture says. So Satan's agenda is always to uh, kill, steal, and destroy. He's to blind. Uh, it's all about his self-exaltation. It's all about his self-exaltation. Uh, Satan's insatiable lust to be worshipped as God. It, it hasn't changed since Ezekiel chapter 28 reveals uh, his desire um, in Isaiah 14, his desire to become God and his desire to take over. Now here's the problem. The finite, listen, the finite can never become the infinite. Satan, the finite created being, anointed cherub, no matter what, can never become the infinite. You have to be infinite from the start. And there is no start. God is infinite. He's immeasurable. God, in some cases, in some instances, is unfathomable. This is, uh, this is some of theology. Uh, this is some of the depth of his uh, attributes. God is knowable. We know him. God is revealed. He's the most relational and personal being. But listen, he is infinite. God is absolutely uh, beyond us. We will never know God exhaustively. You might want to get to know somebody just well. You might think that you know somebody so totally well. You could get to know God well. It doesn't mean that he's going to change on you and be something different the farther down the road you go in your understanding of God. God just keeps getting deeper and broader and wider. Every aspect of your learning uh, is only another inch or so into uh, knowing of the depths of an infinite God. So the old theologian philosopher Francis Schaeffer from Switzerland said that uh, we could um, we can know him truly, but we cannot know him exhaustively. Well, Satan, uh, Satan in his own perversion and uh, his wickedness, um, he was blinded in his pride. Ezekiel twenty-eight: the finite can never become the infinite. Well, let's go on to B: plans forged in hell manifesting on earth. Now, this is about tracking the ancient hate. It's here. It's no question about it. Since Genesis 3. Genesis 3 is the key. It's the doorway. It's where he entered our realm. Where he entered the rule and, and reign of humanity. We were given dominion over the face of the earth. We are to multiply and rule. But uh, in, in the uh, encounter that uh, we had with uh, Satan, of course, the human race, we lost because we rebelled. We rejected God, the word of God. We pushed him away. And we opened the door and embraced a lie. And the liar deceived us. And death came in. Disease and, and all the rest that, that, that we see has come in since. So we know that there is a uh, tremendous, a absolutely tremendous, horrific door back in Genesis 3. Um, 
tracking that ancient hate, it begins there. Jesus refers to it. Uh, we also find that um, in the New Testament, Second uh, Corinthians chapter eleven, verses two and three, goes back uh, to to the serpent in Genesis three. That's the doorway. Now listen. I think that the Word of God is given to us so that we can track not only the nature of Satan, how he operates, what he's like, and everything else. God's revealed this for a reason. Uh, God is revealed not only in statements and in story. Think of the parable of the sower where you know, the Son of Man comes and he sows the Word of God and the wheat begin to grow up. And then he tells how uh, during the night the evil one comes and he sows word and tares begin to grow up. There is the classic picture of the battle that's going on in the face of the earth. There is the classic picture that Jesus gave in a simple parable of this struggle that involves blood, that involves eternity, that involves heaven and hell. And he tells it in the parable of the sower uh, so brilliantly so that we would understand uh, uh, how this whole battle um, is operating. So listen, as a believer, I believe it's fine for us to track um, tracking as we read and look into the New Age movement, the largest cultic movement in the history of the church. Uh, go back to track the Gnostics and read about them and see how Satan operated through them. We can track uh, going kind of like, again, spies sent into the realm of occultism, I mean, without any kind of uh, uh, participation, of course. But reading what they're saying and reading what they're, you know, uh, talking about in their books and materials and statements and so forth, you can do this. Francis Schaeffer talked about it in his work. Um, he, he used the phrase uh, pro, uh, presuppositional analysis. Presuppositional analysis. That is, analyzing the presupposition, the bottom line beliefs of an individual, of a philosophy, of a culture. So we're analyzing the bottom line belief systems of Satan, the bottom line uh, uh, descriptions of his nature, and uh, we're taking a look at it. And so now we can look into the realm of music. I mean, some of you have understood that in some of the music, especially coming out of Europe, some of the satanic black metal music is uh, out of the book The Lords of Chaos. You can read about it if you want to just read the book and not listen to the music. But sometimes people will give me a, a, a CD and say, listen to this music, it's really satanic. What I do, not so much in listening to music, I will get the lyrics and I will read the lyrics to analyze the lyrics. Just as I would analyze the, uh, the writing of the, in the book called The Course in Miracles. Or David Spangler, one of the forerunners and fathers of the New Age movement. Marilyn Ferguson. Or uh, reading uh, David Icke or reading uh, Benjamin Krim from England, or reading some of the many others, Aleister Crowley and Anton LaVey and many of the others, as I read all of their materials uh, with spirit-lit eyes, Holy Spirit-lit eyes with the Word of God before me, as I read their materials, what I want to do is categorize and see what their statements are all about. So I'm tracking. I'm tracking what the enemy is doing. I'm tracking what they're saying. For what reason? Well, one of those is to expose it. One of those is to see how close it is uh, to the arrival of satanic uh, fulfilled prophecies in the Word of God. I mean, when God is saying that the Black Awakening or the Great Rebellion is coming and the Antichrist is coming and that all these different events, uh, counterfeit signs, wonders, and miracles, well, we can begin to look at some of the um, workers like uh, Aleister Crowley, like 
uh, Jack Parsons and Ron L. Hubbard, like Scientology, like Sai Baba in India and all of the uh, miraculous things that he's doing. The ramping up of supernatural counterfeit uh, events will occur. And uh, we're uh, wanting to uh, read some and track some based on what we know in the Word of God to be able to say, here it is, here's the warning to our culture, here's the warning to the human race. I will use that material uh, evangelistically and sharing uh, and, and appealing to people to be, you know, come, save yourselves, as Peter said in Acts chapter 2. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Save yourselves. So we can use it that way also. And, uh, and, and, and then interacting. I, I interact with a lot of these folks um, in, in, the, in the goal of um, evangelism. Now, we could do the tracking and, and, and based on the Word of God, the most important prophecies that we see uh, that reveal the enemy's work. Or we can do, as I have here, see no evil, hear no evil, and let evil reign mentality. Um, neutrality is not what we need right now as, as the body of Christ. There should, there should never be this sense of neutrality. Uh, if the church is not on mission, it, it will eventually uh, slow down and become neutral and then eventually become sluggish and eventually be infiltrated and eventually become incapacitated. So it's very important that we realize that the fire of God, and the grace and mercy of God is manifested in and through the active, believing, obedient church. And that in the active, believing, obedient church comes God's signs, wonders, workings, powers. And when it comes to the confrontation of the manifestation of the kingdom of God and the manifestation of the kingdom of evil, in the book of Acts, the kingdom of God always decimated the uh, dominion of darkness. But it always occurred through active, believing, obedient believers. As in Acts chapter 8 with, with, with Philip going into Samaria. As we see with uh, Peter, as we see with Paul, as we see with others. Whenever there is a, an encounter, a power encounter, where there is an active, believing, obedient believer that will do what they're supposed to do as a prayer warrior, as a witness using the authority of Jesus, knowing that, then Satan's manifested presence will be outed, uh, publicly exposed, and uh, disarmed, and uh, people will be delivered, and uh, great things can occur, uh, can occur like, in, like in Acts chapter 8, where the whole city was filled with joy, because people got saved, healed, and delivered. And I hope that's what you and I are going to be all about, that we would absolutely repent of neutrality, that we would repent of escapism, that we would repent of just simply being a spectator, that we would repent of just simply watching things as everything around us is going on. Uh, God will not, will not use a believer like that. Um, he was not able to use the church of Sardis. If you read about once alive but now dead and is about to die, now, God would bring revival to that entire church and to believers like that if they would remember what they had received and heard, repent, and obey it. And look at the church of Laodicea that he couldn't do anything through. So through Christians who become liberal or skeptic or compromised, who want to just hide from the fray and live in fear, please realize that nothing will be done through you powerfully um, in the sense of God's presence in his working. Only through active, believing, obedient believers. Now, here's what the Word of God does. The Word of God is the 
the source book on revelations of the satanic agenda. I don't care what undergrounders tell me, Satanists tell me, Luciferians tell me, because I can never really trust them. I can trust the Word of God giving me the bottom line and the strategic, pinpoint, accurate uh, happenings, uh, revelations of what Satan is all about, what he's doing, how he works. I can listen to some of those other people, but the Word of God gives the accurate revelation of the satanic agenda. Now, this verse is the, the, the personal. Listen. The personal, national, and world events that are being shaped by, quote, spiritual evolution. A critical mass is forming, Christians. A critical mass. The higher the level of that satanic spiritual evolution... Uh, you're going to see that there is going to be more and more and more antagonistic uh, hatred of Israel, hatred of Christians, real Christians. You're going to find that like people like Alice Bailey, one of the writers that listened to the, quote, ascended masters, the demons, that talked about the need for the cleansing of Christianity because we were in their way. Spiritually, we stand in the way of uh, of uh, so much of Satan's work. We are really uh, you know, a fly in the ointment to him. And his work, and I've heard this uh, said to uh, us many times by Luciferians and even the demons that have spoken through possessed people. So very important for us to know that the Word of God is the final revelation of the satanic agenda, that it gives the accurate and systematic and the most important. And I would would encourage you to become very very familiar with the parable of the sower of the Word of God, that you would understand that at night. It is revealed that Satan is alive, that he's on the earth, that he's that there's an evil one, there's a presence, and he's operating, and he's counterfeiting God, and he's counterfeiting the kingdom of God, and he's counterfeiting the church, that he is sowing a false word, that he's creating terrors growing up among us and around us, and uh, that all of that is true, uh, so that that the body of Christ has never been developed uh, without Satan operating. Uh, behind the scenes. Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira and Satan trying to come in through their conspiracy and through their lie to corrupt the church. Of course, the power of God was there again to destroy what Satan was attempting, to bring down what Satan was doing. So it's very important that we take a look at what's happening, um, how there is a spiritual satanic evolution in personal lives, uh, cities and, and, and nations, and in world events. Uh, things are being shaped. Satan is shaping things. Take a look at Europe. Take a look at Europe, how, it, how there is now this sense of, we've, we've, we've gone past the critical mass. Barring massive uh, Christ-centered spiritual awakening, Europe is lost spiritually. And uh, it is just waiting, as Alvin Toffler wrote in the book *The Third Wave*, uh, that has that Europe has this Messiah complex that they're looking for an Iron uh, Lady, an Iron, uh, uh, just an iron-fisted ruler to bring everything under control. So Europe has been set up. England is is uh, is saturated and trying to be drawn into the entire thing. The United States is being fought against, and you'll see the critical mass. Uh, of hatred uh, towards uh, the Jews and towards uh, believers in Christ. This is going to continue until the time of the great uh, revolt or black awakening as they call it. 
Well, I'm turning to page 19. I'm going to go over some of the things here as we continue. Page 19, top of the page, 12 revelations of satanic design and power. Now, here are the 12 revelations, I believe, that come out of Scripture, and I'll give you those as we go along. The rise, number one, the rise of false and counterfeit. Now, that's number that's first and most in prophecy, Matthew 24, verse 4 on down. The number one thing Jesus talked about was don't let yourself be deceived. We are commanded, don't be deceived. Not by false prophets, false teachers, false apostles, uh, false um, words and writings. Uh, we are told not to allow ourselves to be deceived. That is also um, something that's taught all the way through Scripture, all the way into the book of First John, uh, writing to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Um, there is an audacity about the kingdom of darkness, not only to deceive the world and keep it blinded, but even to come into the body of Christ, as we see in the seven churches of Revelation. You know, four of those had the Nicolaitans and Jezebel had satanic, you know, infiltration to to, to deceive the local churches. So listen, we may just need to look around our local churches to see where Satan is trying to enter in, as he did with Ananias and Sapphira, deception, the Gnostics, Nicolaitans, and now the New Age movement. There's a local church in our area that was advertising uh, healing, learning about healing. But it wasn't about the Word of God and Jesus. It was a Reiki healing, New Age Reiki healing. And uh, they've been seduced. And someone has come in and they've allowed, under the guise of Christendom, uh, seductive New Age deception and spirits that would be operating through Reiki healing. Well, Jesus spoke about this in Matthew 24, uh, verse 4 on down. We are told all the way through that there will be a seduction and deception. We're talk, it's talked about in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, where the Holy Spirit expressly, clearly, uh, urgently says, there will be seducing spirits. The demons will seek to seduce and, and, and lead and mislead and direct and guide and, and uh, unleash. They're going to unleash false words. They are. They're going to unleash uh, an alternative salvation. The tares of the parable of the sower. The Gnostics had an alternative, uh, transmuted type of salvation. The New Age does. Uh, the Luciferians do. Uh, every one of the cults have some level of spiritual transmutation as opposed to salvation in Christ and transformation. So the alternative uh, salvation was immediately unleashed uh, by Satan through the Gnostics in the early church and has been uh, continuing to this day. Uh, the the um, pinnacle of that is in the uh, Luciferian uh, and ultimate goal of taking the mark of the beast, the acquisition of total loyal obedience and demonic presence is associated with that mark. Uh, the mark involves a, a seal of demonic presence uh, claiming, uh, uh, as they would, a uh, irrefutable and uh, irreversible loyalty to Satan. We'll talk about maybe the mark later on. But alternative salvation, spirits, of course, all around us operating in lives. That's why we're seeing more people demonized, hearing voices. We're seeing uh, you know, new technologies to let the spirits in, like... Um, 
we read in Preserve Project Destiny, uh, Dan Sherman, the uh, NSA uh, intuitive, that they said there was some kind of machinery that they were using, he was using, to uh, be able to communicate or receive communications to an extra-dimensional entity. Well, a demonic presence. So the spirits are speaking, they're coming through the New Age, they're coming through, uh, obviously coming through, the territorial demonic uh, ancient moon god, uh, Allah, is obviously uh, influencing. And please realize as, those, uh, as Muslims in the mosques are praying and calling out, it's no different than a ritual format in a satanic, uh, in a satanic coven, calling on the power they're praying against Western uh, civilization, against Christianity, against uh, the Jews, against Israel. They are praying, and through the avenue of their satanic prayers comes satanic presence and power. Thus, the incredible rise, terrorism, uh, extent of Islam in the world today. It's a spiritual thing. It cannot be stopped just by political persuasion, power, negotiation, and even it cannot be stopped ultimately by just simply military presence and power. There has to be the spiritual power backing uh, the uh, shutting down of uh, the demonic work uh, through Allah in uh, the world of Islam. Well, there's also going to be false teachers, false prophets, false apostles. 1 Timothy 4 tell, tells about, about uh, how the seducing spirits will bring their doctrines of demons, their literal words, what they're saying, through hypocritical liars, teachers. 1 John 4, 4, we're to test the spirits to see whether they come from God. We're to test prophets and test them to see if they're speaking the word of God. Test all of them by the written word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 gives us the guide where the Holy Spirit through Paul is writing that he says that what I'm writing you is the Lord's command. If anybody thinks he's spiritual, if they don't acknowledge it, they're to be discarded. Uh, Deuteronomy 13 is a great grid to uh, take a look at when anybody comes with signs, wonders, miracles, or anything else. Any sign, wonder, or miracle that's done that leads people away from Jesus, the Word of God, the personal God, uh, definitely did not come from God. So Deuteronomy 13 is a great grid. Um, it was used in the Old Testament days. Uh, we're, uh, it's very important that we realize that number one in the 12 revelations of satanic design and power, number one, Christian, is the rise of the false and the counterfeit it is concerning seduction, uh, concerning false words, concerning uh, alternative salvation, spirits, teachers, prophets, and apostles. It is absolutely very, very vital that we understand that seduction and deception is number one. First Corinthians, I mean, sorry, Second Corinthians 4.4. 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. And so it's very important very important that we understand that seduction and deception is uh, is at the forefront of everything else. Number two, the rise of demonization and moral grit. Now that comes out of Second, uh, Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. Uh, the counterfeit signs, wonders, and miracles and every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. 
So as individuals are being led astray demonically, as we see more and more people um, have demonic attachment, demonic possession, as we see more and more people have demonic uh, bloodline, familiar spirits uh, affecting them and their families, as we see uh, more and more uh, occultic practitioners have more and more powers, this will be in direct correspondence to the 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 satanic push for uh, dirtying the world morally. And I say, I guess, that in the area of sexual sin, uh, you'll always see occultism and sexual perversion go hand in hand. You'll see that happen in every uh, dark occult system. The darker the system, uh, the more connected the sense of uh, three things. Occult demonic teaching, blood, and sexual perversion sexual wickedness uh, to keep a person morally uh, dark and in, in, in the depths of sin. Sexual perversion helps darken an individual to the point that uh, demonic lies, seduction, presence uh, can continue to uh, grip them and take hold of them. Number three, the shaping of world opinion. Uh, in world politics, please understand that uh, spiritual warfare is not extended just to the body of Christ where you and I go through things. The spiritual war is also in the realm of politics and policymakers and those who are doing making laws and writing the laws, uh, those who are going to enforce them. Uh, Satan is operative in the area of politics, uh, in the area of military, in the area of secular education so that he can shape world opinion. Uh, continue to look for that in the area of the doctrines of Marx, Karl Marx, Il J. Kim of Korea. Uh, if you look in the Muslim ideology, its belief systems come from one of the most demonically inspired books, the Quran. Uh, the Quran was not given by the Holy Spirit of God. It was given by seducing spirits in fulfillment of the of the prediction and of the uh, of the teaching of. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 on down. And uh, you're going to find that with many other cultic systems. Islam, Muhammad, the Quran, is the fulfillment of what the Holy... Not that he wanted, that, not that God caused it, but as God said, these things would come, uh, we see that occurring. We see it happening. We see that there is a shaping of a nation through a cult ideology with Hitler and the Nazis. We take a look at the U.S. dollar on the back. There is a pyramid with above, above the pyramid is the all-seeing eye, the illumined eye. We see one of the most occultic uh, and most powerfully occultic symbols uh, that we know of. Uh, an incredible symbol of occult power uh, laid out on the back of a dollar bill that every single uh, you know, uh, American uses on a daily basis. Why do we have occult deep occult symbolism on the back of our our dollar bill because there is a shadow government there is a shadow military uh, there is that sense of Satan operating behind the scenes with his willing uh, elite to bring about and shape uh, politics that's why it is absolutely vital when we read in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 to pray for everyone for kings and those in authority to unleash your intercession over the politics and leaders and workers, you better believe, without question, that that's what they are doing. 
You better believe without question that they are praying for the shaping of politics and politicians and leaders. Listen, that's what the Bohemian Grove is all about out there in California. If you've seen on the web, you look up Bohemian Grove and you see about a place that underground uh, victims of satanic ritual abuse have told me about for years. They've drawn out maps. They brought me their necklace with a little uh, owl attached to it. They told me about the place, and in late, and that was in the early 90s. Later now, uh, we find that uh, revelations of the inside of that place have come out. And what you see is a, quote, the reenactment of a, a, an ancient ritual, the effigy of a human being thrown into the fires of Moloch. And uh, this uh, cremation of care ritual is nothing but a fake. They've got all these world leaders and uh, wealthy men and mo- some of those powerful people in all the world have been in part of the Bohemian, Bohemian Grove and the ritual there for over 200 years. And the interesting thing about this is that they do not realize that those who are doing the ritual are unleashing presence and power on the political leaders to shape them, to influence them, you've got to understand that's how it's working. And as we see more ritual and uh, more ritual format being unveiled, you're going to find that uh, they have been seeking to influence political leaders in the United States, England, other places for years upon years. The workers in some of the deepest, darkest rituals, and uh, you've got to understand if Father Shefton is correct, a 100,000 covens in the United States, and probably twice that in Europe and in England. And what are they doing in their meetings? They are doing spiritual warfare, targeting political uh, leaders, policy, politics, um, leaders in military, leaders in secular education. They wanted all influence to shape for this satanic spiritual evolution to the point of a black awakening, a great spiritual explosion of the satanic side and uh, to shape the world opinion and so forth. And you're going to find that it's going to be shaped against Israel and shaped against believers like you and I. So we're going to have to stand out like light in the darkness. And that's the great news. In the greatest of darkness, uh, the light can uh, uh, shine all the more. And uh, so we are told in Philippians to let that light shine uh, in a dark and depraved world uh, like luminaries, literally like the stars out of the sky. In a, if there was no stars out there in the sky, it would just look p- pitch black out there as we look up, up into the skies. But the stars uh, show something. And uh, we're, we're, we're kind of uh, um, associated that way. Uh, in the book of Philippians, as we're told to to shine like the luminaries, like the stars, uh, to let our light shine in, the, in society. And uh, we still have the power to do that all the way to the end. I don't care how big the ramping up. Daniel, in a city that every block, every square inch was taken over demonically. The politics, the military, the law enforcement, the leaders, the governing, everything about the entire society uh, was taken over. So every square inch was uh, claimed and owned and manifested uh, by the demonic presence and world. Yet Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were the light in that day. And God was able to operate through them in such supernatural ways because they resolved and they were willing. Hey, by the way... It may be time for you to begin to read the book of Daniel. Start pouring into the book of Daniel as part of this course. And uh, start looking about how Daniel was able to live as a light 
in the midst of uh, what would be considered uh, the coming darkness in his uh, in his nation at that time that he was taken to, and he was a captive. He wasn't willingly there, just like you may be somewhere right now in a city area. You don't really want to be there. There's too much darkness. There's too much of this. You may be the light that God has left, that he can, they can, he can use your prayers, use your life. And of course, the enemy wants to shut down your prayers and does not want you to be a prayer warrior. But Christian, God the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit of God wants to use your life and the prayers. And we are told uh, to le- level out our prayers on a daily basis, that priority is given uh, to pray for the souls of men, pray for the influence of politicians and military leaders, warn them, uh, seek their salvation, but pour out the prayers. Pray for godly, spiritual, Christ-glorifying, soul-winning, devil-crushing uh, spiritual awakening in your area, in your city. Amen? Well, that really goes lends itself into uh, the shaping of world leaders, point number four. Point number four, the shaping of world leaders. Let me just say this real quick. I was reading a book called uh, ESP versus HSP. That is, uh, Extrasensory Perception versus Holy Spirit Perception, written by uh, Ralph Wilkerson years ago. I don't. It's barely in print today. But in one of the first chapters, he talks about uh, how Jimmy Carter, the president, when he was visiting Russia... It came out um, in the newspapers and came to be known that Russian psychics and those who had been trained in the psi abilities in Russia were, she, were, were, were seeking to shape the mind of Jimmy Carter. They were literally trying to uh, direct his mind, guide and guard his mind. Even the psychic Gene Dixon said this was true back in those days. And uh, it's interesting that we read in the world of remote viewers and the whole uh, occult uh, operation in, uh, in military right now, in the projects, the secret projects, uh, their goal of uh, having the powers to uh, thrust thoughts in the back of a mind, uh, to change a person's thinking, and even building physical equipment that can do the same. So there's going to be the satanic shaping of world leaders. Now, for point three and four, mark down Revelation chapter 16. Now this is, the, this is a big, broad view of what's going on in a smaller sense right now. In Revelation 16, where, where we read as we go down a little ways, about the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet in ritual format, they're, they do something that out of their mouth come spirits, three spirits that look like frogs, ancient deities. The Bible, the Word of God reveals in this pinpoint strategic accuracy that they go out to deceive the nations. That means they're going out to deceive political and military leaders. That is the target of the demons that come out of the mouth of the dragon, the false prophet, and the beast. They go out to literally um, deceive them with supernatural uh, operations that will convince them uh, to gather together to fight against the visible return of Jesus Christ as we read about that in Revelation 19. Chapter 16 in Revelation is where Satan unleashes his attack and uses an already deceived world uh, to come and fight 
as we see the fulfillment of this in Revelation 19, to fight against the very visible return of Jesus. That's amazing to me. So points 3, 4, and 5 is all about the shaping of world opinion, world leaders, and the shaping of military men and machines. That's, that even demons would give the ideas among the scientists. Someone gave the idea for the, for the atom bomb, the hydrogen bomb. Someone out there, as scientists were operating, like Jack Parsons, who was, who was uh, working on jet fuel and propulsion, and, and just like they were doing it then, and they were clearly operating under satanic presence and, and given over to, to also conjure the, 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 the prostitute or the whore of Babylon in a thing they called Babylon working. They wanted to bring that presence in. And something may have changed when they did do that in the world around us. They may have opened a great gateway, a great doorway satanically to bring in a shaping. All rituals bring in more demonic presence and more demonic shaping. That's why there's so many groups around doing this to shape. So many Satanists around that are doing their rituals and literally, quote, praying uh, for the shaping, seduction, and destruction of pastors and leaders and so forth. They're operating, Christian. They're operating in this way. And these uh, revelations we find, even in the area of military, Revelation 16, it involves uh, an incredible satanic ritual format, unleashing of demonic presence to directly affect the minds and mentality of political leaders, military leaders, that they would gather their armies together, convinced that they need to fight the visible descent and return of the living Christ. And that is amazing to me. Point number six, the shredding of the faith of many. Well, First Timothy chapter 4 speaks about that the spirits, the seducing spirits, they'll go even after the church. Those who are in the, the faith, that's why we see in England and Europe and other places, you can see cathedrals and buildings and church buildings that are now centers. We visited one here in the United States a couple of weeks ago in, in Kent, Ohio. It's, it's no longer a church. It's a center of uh, uh, what's called uh, the Church of Unity and universe, Universalism. It's completely new age and, uh, and lends itself to the occult. And it's an amazing thing that they can still have bits and pieces of the Word of God and, and things. Uh, matter of fact, we stopped there. We wanted to go in the building. We wanted to take a look. And they've got pews set up and hymn books. And it looks like a church and, and everything else. But it, it, it's not where God is worshipped. It's where the spirits are catered to. It's where there's been a uh, reduction of Jesus Christ down to one of the masters or one of the teachers. And uh, we see this happening all around us so that there would be a shredding of the faith of many. Satan would love to shred your faith, weaken you. If he can't make you a liberal, he may seek to compromise you. If he can't compromise you or make you a liberal, uh, thus incapacitating your entire spiritual development and walk, uh, maybe he'll just seek to compromise you in the sense of sin, uh, get you off track, distract you, do whatever else. But the attempt is going to be uh, in this shredding of the faith of many worldwide. Because why? Satan needs to shut down the power uh, house of the church. The church could be a great powerhouse, but if he can shut it down, like the church of Sardis in the book of Revelation, once alive but now dead, what could it do for God? Nothing. Laodicea, self-absorbed, led astray. Uh, kind of like the modern-day seeker-spectator uh, church. 
Everything was done in human terms. No, Jesus was on the outside knocking, wanting to have fellowship with his own people. So please understand that uh, one of the uh, revelations the Word of God gives us is the shredding of the faith of many, to w- the weakening of leaders and pastors. The uh, messages that was written to the leadership of those seven churches, listen, pastors, leaders, we are held responsible for God, and we are not to tolerate false teaching and lies and seduction and demonic infiltration into our churches. And you better be sure they're coming. Undergrounders, satanic chosen ones, are highly trained to bring deception into local churches, to help shut down the prayers, to bring confusion and div- division. Uh, they love doing it, and they're trained to do it. And you and I as believers need to understand that. The shredding of the faith of many is prophesied. Number seven uh, is the great revolt, the black awakening, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Um, that is uh, four things is, is involved in this shock that will occur in the United States. Uh, old, older translations of scriptures called it the great revolt. Uh, the NIV calls it the rebellion. Uh, from the Greek word, it's not about the slipping away of believers. It is it is used politically uh, of a great military revolt that behind the scenes another regime is waiting and the word is given and they literally plow out among society and they attack the leaders and military leaders and it's all about creating chaos and anarchy. Uh, all about terror and blood and fear as part of the ritual format to allow more demonic presence in. It's all about the elimination of resistors or those they want to get out of the way. And then the bottom line of the great revolt or the black awakening or the rebellion of Second Thessalonians 2 is for replacement. To replace the leaders, to replace government, to replace the old law, to replace the church, to replace it all. So, in a nutshell, which takes me usually three hours to go over the Black Awakening, it's all about uh, the satanic buildup to the point where there is a critical mass. Then, in the United States, England, and Europe specifically, there is going to be a gray, gray uh, revolt. And uh, it'll be in the streets, in the politics. Uh, it'll be, uh, as I've talked about on some of the uh, podcasts and radio interviews. Uh, the assassins will be released. The anarchists will be re- will be released, and uh, there will be a great chaos, a great terror and fear, and it will be um, a time where war and r- rumors of wars and everything becomes so shaken. It seems like world the world is going to collapse, and they're willing to let anybody save it. They're willing to let anybody save it. So the two events in in First Thessalonians chapter two it says this that the parousia of the Lord Jesus Christ, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, will not occur, that day of the Lord will not occur until two big events, two satanic events. Satan creates the great revolt in order to bring about a new regime, a new world order with a new leader. The Antichrist will have his revelation to the world. First of all, under point number eight, the rise of a superman, the Antichrist, first of all, as the super savior. Second of all, is a super world leader. And third of all, he's going to have super unity, this kind of satanic unity to where uh, the politics, the law, the money, the economics, the military, everything is going to come under his rule. Everything has to come under the grip of the terrorists, of tyranny, of the Antichrist. You think in terms of Hitler or the leader of Iran or, or Saddam Hussein and others, 
You you think in terms of Stalin and Lenin who who massacred millions of their own people, of Mao and others. I'm telling you, you the world has yet to see uh, this this leader. The world has yet to see the most uh, tyrannical uh, leader whose face. Listen, at first he'll seem to be the great peacemaker, the great savior of anarchy. What people will not realize, and what the Word of God tries to tell us, is that He creates the Black Awakening. He creates the Great Revolt. He creates the massive uh, movement towards nation against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and bloodshed, and war, and, and destruction, and chaos, and the, the shaking of nations. And He creates the tearing down, and the behind-the-scenes political coup. And He creates the terror of blood, and fear, and elimination uh, to replace it all. His goal ultimately revealed in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is to get himself in the temple, even as predictions of the Mahdi, uh, Islamic Mahdi, their version of a Messiah who, who is really uh, the biblical portrayal of the Antichrist. Um, they believe the Mahdi, when he comes, the Antichrist, when he comes, that he ultimately has to make... First, it's going to be a great bloodshed and slaughter, of course, just like we read in Scripture and just like the Luciferians teach us. First the great bloodshed, anarchy, and chaos, then the rise of the Antichrist, taking himself eventually to the temple there in Israel and proclaiming himself to be God and world ruler. So those are going to be two of the big events that all the other revelations, revelations of seduction, uh, revelations of demonization and moral, moral dirtying, the revelation of shaping world opinion, world leaders, military men, and the shredding of faith all leads up to the great revolt, the great rebellion that will, that will allow the rise of the Antichrist to the world. Well, then the other revelations are these. When we get back into the book of Revelation, uh, the coming cleansing of Christianity, war on the saints, and the coming cleansing of Israel. Now that's spoken about in Daniel when the Antichrist, the little horn, makes war on the saints. But it's also described in the book of Revelation, chapter 7, where John is shown this mass amount of people in the heavens, and he says, where did they come from? And uh, one of the elders tells him that these are they who've come up out of, now notice, the great, the tribulation. Hey, Thalipsis, hey, Magali. The great, the tribulation. They were martyred from every tribe, language. This is a global attempt of cleansing. A global attempt of uh, elimination of Christendom. Because it stands in the way spiritually of Satan's total rule and reign of the earth. Israel stands in the way. Satan has to knock out Israel, take over Israel, because it's the place of ultimate revival, the return, visible return of Jesus Christ. Uh, sometimes I think if Satan thinks that if he can just eliminate the recipients of prophecy, the places of prophecy, that then they cannot occur. But he loses in every, in every case, Satan loses. And he will ultimately lose here, though he will create mass destruction. Though he will create, uh, he is the weapon of mass destruction, Christian. He is the weapon of mass destruction. And it's very important we understand that. Well, let's go to, to 11. And these are vital principles and vital points. 
As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you this the 60 minutes right now. We've been over 60 minutes, and I'm going to have to give you a second uh, session here, uh, which I was hoping to go through all of this in one. Um, but we're going to take the time we need uh, to help you. So please understand, just quickly, the 12 revelations, the rise of the counterfeit, seduction, deception, the rise of demonization and moral dirtying, the, the shaping of world opinion, the shaping of world leaders, the shaping of military men and machines, the shredding of the faith of many, and then as that critical mass rises to a particular point, there will be this great unleashing, uh, a great uh, grab at taking the rule. But the great revolt is the black awakening the Luciferians talk about. And uh, will send the world into a tailspin. Uh, it will not be annihilated, though the world at the time will think that it, everything is going to be destroyed. Uh, that is not Satan's attempt because he wants to come to rule. He does not want to destroy the world. He just wants to get rid of those who resist his rule. And you and I as believers need to understand that. We need to understand the level of, of satanic uh, presence, power that's going on today uh, is nothing compared to what's coming down the next five years, uh, six, seven, eight years. I don't know how much time we have left, believers. I don't know how much time we have left. What we do have time for right now is what he says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, that uh, we need to understand that the days are evil, uh, that we're, we're to make the most of every opportunity. Uh, we're to be filled with the Spirit of God, but we're to make the most, the, the, the word redeeming the time, buying up the time, that uh, we can set out our agenda to be the greatest uh, worshipers and prayer warriors and uh, witnesses of Jesus Christ. That world evangelization is part of God's agenda that Jesus will not return until the body of Christ brings the gospel of the kingdom to every single nook and cranny of the world around us. We need to keep going to the highways and byways to every single person. Many people can still be saved and come to Christ. Churches can still have revival. Things can still be done by the authority of Jesus Christ that He's given to us. If now, if if ever in all of Christendom, now is the time to understand uh, Luke chapter uh, ten, when Jesus says, "I have given you authority." to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. Our Lord Jesus Christ trained 72 disciples at that time and has given us as believers in Christ the same authority. We need to acknowledge and say, God, Lord Jesus, I appropriate that authority right now and I will use that authority. See, the authority is given to be used. Do you see the churches operating in that authority? I mean, half of all the mass intercession we should be doing is praying against satanic presence, against what the uh, Muslims are unleashing in their mosques, uh, gateways for the demonic presence of Allah and the demons associated with him to unleash influence into the world, uh, to come against the rituals and the Luciferian rituals, the satanic ramping up, that we should be praying against every single place we see de demonic manifestation. That we should pray that we encounter the demonized so that we can command them out and, and uh, see people set free and see a demonstration of the power of God that may turn many people to Jesus Christ. We need to unleash the kingdom of God in the midst of this darkness. We need to unleash uh, with great power um, and uh, great consistency. Uh, 
uh, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, dear student, I just want to say that I uh, bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I encourage you that you and I have been called to take up the cross of Jesus, to do the Great Commission, to be clothed with the power of God from on high. And so we are. And so we have been set free from sin and cleansed. And so we have been given prophecy and promise. May God, the Lord Jesus Christ, bless you today, heal you, strengthen you. And I rebuke Satan over your life and all the attacks he's bringing on you. Maybe even because of this course that you've gotten yourself into. May God show you his purpose and uh, glorify Christ in your life, in your studies, in your uh household relationship. Uh, may Jesus Christ be glorified through your life in your local church, in your prayer meetings, and in your witnessing. May Jesus Christ uh, be uh, exalted and elevated as Peter prayed in Acts chapter 4 for God to stretch out his hand. We pray today together. Let's pray it, student. Uh, Father, stretch forth your hand. Crush the satanic darkness. Expose the satanic darkness. Uh, destroy satanic uh, works all around us. Stretch out your hand to bring great spiritual revival to churches, great spiritual awakening in society, uh, to show your signs, wonders, and miracles, healing, deliverance, and salvation of hundreds and thousands. God, stretch out your hands to do that and glorify and exalt the Lord Jesus Christ today. We pray it together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you.